Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Good morning, everybody. Today is Thursday, January 12th, 2023. I'm your host, Efren Shunyer, and today is day 53 of our 100 piece challenge. Not to bum you out, but I read the saddest story today. Now, trigger warning. Just trigger warning. It is about Leica, the space dog. Do you know about her? I want to read this article to you. It's just easier if I read it. In November 1957, a tiny capsule rocketed into space. Inside was a diminutive 14-pound black and white dog named Leica. And when her spaceship pierced the Earth's atmosphere, she became the first creature in history to make it to outer space. No small feat for a stray that only days before had been fighting for scraps on the streets of Moscow. Leica's unlikely journey was born out of the race to prove that human spaceflight was possible. Just a month earlier, on October 4, 1957, the Soviet Union, Cold War nemesis of the United States, launched into orbit history's first satellite, Sputnik 1. That's when Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev insisted that his scientists perform a second test, this time to determine if a living being could survive the journey to the stars. The mission was too dangerous to risk a human life, so the Soviets decided to train a stray dog to be Russia's first cosmonaut. Nine days before the scheduled launch, they chose Leica for her gentle disposition and her natural beauty. If she was to make history, they reasoned, she would need to be photogenic. Leica did make history. Monitors followed the sound of her tiny beating heart all the way into Earth's orbit. But there was a problem. The Soviets had not worked out how to get Leica back. She perished, circling the Earth, most likely from the profound heat created by the capsule's firing rockets. Leica's journey sparked not one, but two historic advances, the era of human space exploration and the animal rights movement, particularly in scientific testing. She became a global folk hero. Her sacrifice inspired poems and novels. She was featured on stamps and coins and memorialized in a Moscow statue. Her fame ensured that going forward, efforts would be made to protect the lives of canine cosmonauts. Sure enough, on August 9, 1960, two more Moscow strays, Belka and Strelka, became the first living creatures to make the round trip to space. Leica, the Soviet space dog, will always be remembered as the first living being to boldly go where no one had gone before. Leica was a pioneer for humanity. Okay, now, it makes me very, very sad. I knew about a dog. I knew the Russians had flown a dog into space, and it never occurred to me to look more into that. And in fact, Catherine McManus sent me a shopping bag, like a reusable bag, and I use it still to this day all the time. I have two of them. And on the bag is a picture, a drawing, like a little cartoon of the space dog, of Lake of the Space Dog. And it just never occurred to me to look more into her story. And it breaks my heart. And I feel like I can't even imagine what, like you're scrounging for scraps on the streets of Moscow and then suddenly you're in a spaceship going up into the sky. That must be frightening. And that's terrible. And so it made me think a little bit about ethics. Yes, it's for the greater good, but like also... With pulling Space Dog today and thinking about our journey, like, I was trying to figure out, like, I took a test at work. We have this upcoming training, and they made us all take this. This one person I work with loves to make everyone take personality tests. It makes me mad. It's like, stop wasting my time. I've got work to do. That's my personality. And so I thought, like, what are my ethics 
what would I do for the greater good? You know, there's all you're always like tasked with answering those questions. I mean, not always. <laughs> you know, like if there's questions that pop up here and there. You know, as a as you live a life, as one lives a life, there's questions that pop up. Like, what was the recent one? Oh, it's that movie trailer for that movie, Lost in the Woods, where the family there. It's like coming up soon it's m night Shyamalan's newest movie so you know it's going to be fine the first time and then you'll unwatchable any other time after it's about a family a gay couple who goes into the woods with their daughter and they encounter like a family of other people i think or like a group of other people who say that one of them has to die to save the world for some reason one of them one of the three one of the two gays or the daughter has to die in order to save the rest of humanity. And like, what would you do? Would you save all, would you sacrifice your daughter's life or your person that you love's life to save all of humanity? It's like an interesting question. You know, it comes up every now and again in entertainment and media, but like, it's rare, I think, that we have to actually face big questions like that. And so... I was looking for an ethics quiz, but they were all about money. And like the first question is always about money because that's where I think ethics, that's where I think your ethics um, really prove themselves. And all the questions were like, if you found $100 in a hotel room, what would you do? Well, I'm always afraid of getting punked or not punked. I hate that word. It makes me sound old. I'm always afraid of being on camera and being caught doing something wrong. So I try to never do anything wrong, even when I'm alone. Like, and I think, that, is that ethics? Is that good ethics or is that fear ethics? I don't know, but I would never take the money because I'd be afraid that it was a plant. It was like planted money. There was this one video I saw a long time ago. It used to make me laugh, but it was this guy like bending over to pick up like a $5 bill or something. And that $5 bill was on a string. It was just like in the street on the sidewalk. That's not the same as like finding it in your hotel room where you can like return it to somebody. It was literally on the street and the guy goes to pick it up and then it's attached to a string and someone's like pulling the string and then he falls over. Like that's what I would be afraid of. Like if I were ever to find money in the ground, that's always my first thought that comes to my mind is like, I'm not picking that up. I'm not going to fall over on camera. Like, no, I just am not that trusting, I guess. So what does that mean for our challenge? In my search for an ethics quiz to take, to prove to me and the world that I have decent moral high ground, I found this article from the Greater Good magazine, a magazine about science-based insights from meaningful life. And you know I love a good article, and I'll take knowledge from anywhere, but this magazine right here, The Greater Good, which comes out of Berkeley, said that these are the keys to well-being. It says, these are Greater Good's 12 building blocks of individual and community well-being, the behaviors that researchers suggest will support your health and happiness and foster positive connections with other people. And what's the best part about this article is that all 12 of these building blocks to greater well-being, they each come with a quiz. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to spare you from listening to me take 12 quizzes, though I'm going to. Um, I'm going to spare you from listening to it, and I'll only take one, the one that I haven't read all the building blocks yet. So if one of them strikes my fancy or tickles my underbelly, that's the only thing I can think of. If one of them tickles my underbelly, <laughs> then I will take it. I've had a hard day, y'all. I've had a hard day of constant eating. I don't know what void I'm trying to fill, but I couldn't stop eating all day. And now it's the evening. I baked cookies. I watched a really, really terrible movie and baked cookies 
not at the same time. I felt like the cookies were a way to heal my soul from watching that crap-ass movie. Anyway, all right. These are the 12 building blocks to well-being. Number one, altruism. Altruism is when we act to promote someone else's welfare, even at a risk or cost to ourselves. Though some believe that humans are fundamentally self-interested, recent research suggests otherwise. Studies have found that people's first impulse is to cooperate rather than compete, that toddlers spontaneously help people in need out of a genuine concern for their welfare, and that even non-human primates display altruism. Evolutionary scientists speculate that altruism has such deep roots in human nature because helping and cooperation promote the survival of our species. Indeed, Darwin himself argued that altruism, which he called sympathy or benevolence, is an essential part of the social instincts. Darwin's claim is supported by recent neuroscience studies, which have shown that when people behave altruistically, their brains activate in regions that signal pleasure and reward, similar to when they eat chocolate. The quiz associated with that is, are you a giver or a Grinch? The next key to well-being, and remember, as we go along in our journey... Are we building these building blocks? Are we nurturing these building blocks? Are we focused on these building blocks in our own lives? Awe is the second building block to well-being. Awe is the feeling we get in the presence of something vast that challenges our understanding of the world. Like looking up at a million stars in the night sky or marveling at the birth of a child. When people feel awe, they may use other words to describe the experience, such as wonder, amazement, surprise, or transcendence. The most common sources of awe are other people and nature. But awe can be elicited by many other experiences as well, such as music, art, or architecture, religious experiences, the supernatural, or even one's own accomplishments. I'm in awe. Look at all I've accomplished. Actually, that's good. You should be able to look back at your life and be in wonder at what you've done. And the quiz associated with that is, could your life be more awesome? Okay, bridging differences. That's the third building block. Americans are increasingly divided along social and political lines. The evidence for this polarization can be found in our most intimate relationships and in our most public policy debates. Differences don't necessarily need to divide people, but we do have a tendency rooted in evolution to split the world into us and them and to treat members of our own in-group with kindness while behaving badly toward outside groups. These tendencies can be especially pronounced at times when we feel stressed or threatened, anxious about our own security or survival. And the quiz here is bridging differences. Do you embrace the diversity of backgrounds and opinions in others? The fourth building block is compassion. Compassion literally means to suffer together. Among emotion researchers, it is defined as the feeling that arises when you are confronted with another's suffering and feel motivated to relieve that suffering. Compassion is not the same as empathy or altruism, though the concepts are related. While empathy refers more generally to our ability to take the perspective of and feel the emotions of another person, compassion is when those feelings and thoughts include the desire to help them. Altruism, in turn, is the kind, selfless behavior often prompted by feelings of compassion, though one can feel compassion without acting on it, and altruism isn't always motivated by compassion. The quiz associated here is compassionate love quiz. You might love your partner truly, madly, deeply, but do you love compassionately? Ooh, that's a good one. 
Diversity, that's the next building block. For the Greater Good Science Center, diversity refers to both an obvious fact of human life, namely that there are many different kinds of people, and the idea that this diversity drives cultural, economic, and social vitality and innovation. Indeed, decades of research suggests that intolerance hurts our well-being and that individuals thrive when they are able to tolerate and embrace the diversity of the world. So, yes, absolutely. Diversity is a, gr a great community social building block. And the quiz associated with that is the Connection to Humanity quiz. How big is your circle of concern? Coming in at number six for building blocks to well-being is empathy. The term empathy is used to describe a wide range of experiences. Emotion researchers generally define empathy as the ability to sense other people's emotions compiled with the ability to imagine what someone else might be thinking or feeling. Contemporary researchers often differentiate between two types of empathy. Effective empathy refers to the sensations and feelings we get in response to others' emotions. This can include mirroring what the person is feeling or just feeling stressed when we detect another's fear or anxiety. Cognitive empathy, sometimes called perspective taking, refers to our ability to identify and understand other people's emotions. Studies suggest that people with autism spectrum disorders have a hard time empathizing. And the quiz here is how well do you feel and understand what others are feeling? In the interest of time, I'm going to let you find this article, greatergood.berkeley.edu, but I will give you the other six building blocks to well-being. And the other six are forgiveness and the quiz associated with that is when someone hurts you are you more likely to turn the other cheek or seek revenge gratitude are you truly grateful for the good things in your life or do you take them for granted take this quiz and find out happiness that's funny that the key to like a building block to well-being that happiness is number nine of them or is this an alphabetical order oh this is an alphabetical order but still it's funny isn't that funny that the letter h is so late in our alphabet <laughs> coming up with formal definition of happiness can be tricky i'm not reading it but the quiz is how happy are you when you're on the clock and the last three building blocks to well-being mindfulness purpose and social connection and the quizzes are, the mindfulness quiz is, do you savor life or let everyday stresses control you? Purpose is, do you have a long-term goal that's meaningful to yourself and the world? That's the quiz. And then the social connection quiz is, how strong are your social connections online and off? I'm going to take the mindfulness quiz because I want to know if I savor life or if I let everyday stresses control me. I'm not sure because... I feel like I focus a lot on trying to make myself better, which could be mindfulness or could be stressful. I don't know. And I try, I focus a lot on it because I think that it requires attention every day. And thus, we've built a show around it. Mindfulness quiz. Okay, take the quiz. When I am startled, I notice what is going on inside my body. Never, rarely, sometimes, often, very often. Often. I'm not very often startled though. Okay, I'm aware of thoughts I'm having when my mood changes. Never, rarely, sometimes, very often. I'm aware of what thoughts are passing through my mind. Very often. I notice changes inside my body, like my heart beating faster or my muscles getting tense. Very often. I tell myself that I shouldn't feel sad. Um. Oh, this is hard. Sometimes or often. I would say sometimes. I say often, tell myself I shouldn't feel sad. Shouldn't is the key word. I would say sometimes. I sometimes feel sad and I let myself feel sad. And I sometimes tell myself, you shouldn't feel sad. 
But I also vacillate with like, feel your feels, girl. Like you do you. I'm putting sometimes. I tell myself that I shouldn't have certain thoughts. Sometimes. I try to distract myself when I feel unpleasant emotions. Often. (laughs) I try to put my problems out of my mind. Often. Because, you know, my friend Trey quit smoking. He used to smoke really heavily. And he used to tell me the way he quit smoking was he would smoke a cigarette. And then every time he wanted a cigarette, Every other time he wanted a cigarette, he would smoke a cigarette. He would smoke a cigarette, and then if he wanted one, he would be like, oh, I just had one like five minutes ago or ten minutes ago or an hour ago or whatever. I'll wait till I have my next craving. He would tell himself that, and then eventually it would go out of his mind, like it would leave his mind, and then like later on, he'd be like, oh, yeah, I didn't have a cigarette, and that's how he reduced drastically. So I try to put my problems out of my mind for the same reason because it's like if I'm not thinking about it, not always, like sometimes you got to deal with it, I think, but if you're not thinking about it and you're not focused on it, then you can, then it doesn't seem so bad when you get back to it, I think. Okay. Is that childish? Is that silly? I try to stay busy to keep thought. That's what it is. I should say this one often. I try to stay busy to keep thoughts or feelings from coming to my mind. Just the bad ones. Often. I wish I could control my emotions more easily. Very often. I wish I could. Is there, if there is something I don't want to think about, I'll try many things to get it out of my mind. Sometimes. I mean, sometimes it's there. There are aspects of myself I don't want to think about. Never. There are things I try not to think about. Sometimes when I have a bad memory, I try to distract myself to make it go away. Sometimes when I shower, I'm aware of how the water is running over my body. Often when I walk outside, I'm aware of smells or how the air feels against my face. Eh, rarely. When someone asks how I am feeling, I can identify my emotions easily, very often. When talking with other people, I'm aware of the emotions I'm experiencing, very often. Whenever my emotions change, I hope you're taking this quiz with me. Whenever my emotions change, I am conscious of them immediately, very often. When talking with other people, I'm aware of their facial and body expressions, very often. What is your age? I'm putting 18 to 29. In terms of your gender identity, do you see yourself as female woman, male man, gender non-binary? I prefer to self-identify or specify. I'm putting a male. It's how I see myself. So I say a male man. What is your marital status in a relationship? Thank you for asking. (laughs) Greatergood.berkeley.edu. So few people have asked about it. How many children do you have? Hundreds of podcast girl children. They're all like my little children. How many children do you have? None. How often do you meditate? Oh, how often do I meditate? Like, what is med? Like, classically meditate? <laughs> like, sitting and thinking? Like, sitting and clearing my mind, I mean? Or, like, a version of meditation that is not actual meditation? <laughs> I'm going to put never. How often do you meditate? Never. Okay, I'm submitting my answers, and we're going to find out if I'm mindful. <laughs> You know, I saw this thing, how to tell if you have a small vocabulary. It was on TikTok. It was like an ad for like an app that would like help you with your vocabulary. It was like, how to tell if you have a small vocabulary. And I'm like, um, I think that, don't you think that most people know things like that if they have a small, I don't know. Anyway, my mindfulness score is 72 out of 100, suggesting that I have a moderate tendency to practice mindfulness. This score reflects two key components of mindfulness, your moment-to-moment awareness of your thoughts, feelings, and environments, 
as well as your acceptance of these aspects of your life. Your score suggests you are able to focus on the situation at hand instead of being preoccupied with the past or worrying about the future. This strong awareness of your environment and your internal response to it allows you to savor being in the moment. Your awareness also is likely to make you open and inquisitive. Well, God bless. I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you practice mindfulness in your life and find your favorite building block to wellness. And you can, and I really do recommend taking a quiz. Take one of those quizzes. Waste your day. Spend your day doing that instead of working. Because you know what? I, 2023 I, is not the year for work. I'm not doing it this year, except for I have to. Okay, goodbye.
Never Shut Up is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up.